Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Fullest Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Bostwick. And today's guest is Lucas Lappy, who's the head of product and a co-founder at Doris Dev. And I'm super excited to have you on today, Lucas. We found out about you through um, just a partnership conversation we had with a brand that we ended up finding out is an in-house brand of Doris Dev. So we'll get to that in a minute. But I'm really inspired by you guys and what you do. And I thought it would be cool to have you on the show because at the fullest, we're launching our own um, product line and expanding our offerings. And I just knowing from like the background, like what goes into launching a product and like packaging and just knowing, and there are just so many steps that it takes. And you always think like, wow, all these brands are doing this. Like, are they doing it in-house? Like, how are they making this work? And then we found about you guys. So Doris Dev is a product development team that launches and scales products for brands like Blue Land, Gravity Blankets, Buy Humankind, Pattern Brands, Great Jones, and more. And so um, I'm excited to kind of hear about the story about how you guys launched, what the founding team looks like, and and hear about your experience. because. We were talking about it in-house. We're like, so these people must have like really done it numerous times before doing this for other people, but who knows, maybe not. So you can (laughs) get some insight into (laughs) what you were doing before this. Yeah, thanks for having me on. So Dorostev is a very weird group of people who love making products. I think to talk about what Dorostev is now, we've got to talk about where most of the core team came from. and. We started at this crazy, crazy invention company called Quirky, which mm-hmm. um, I started out, off as an intern in call in my senior year of college as a mechanical design engineer. And this company, it's I'm I'm now getting old when I bring this company up and people don't know it because it was like <laughs> once this like beacon of consumer product innovation and this like startup darling. Um, but what the company was a crowdsource invention company. So people submitted ideas, um, and internally we would make we'd make them. They'd be branded, and then we'd sell them at Target and Walmart, and you know, on our own website. And uh, we'd share the profits with all the people who helped along the way. So it was at the time where Kickstarter was just coming up, and this like idea of crowdsourcing was at the very like start, and like I guess at its heyday, really. And quirky was this company where you could submit an idea and we had the ability to raise the company ended up raising close to 200 million dollars and having uh, about 300 employees at the peak so we were and had this amazing founder super charismatic and we were given the like the freedom to just make tons and tons of products yeah we were making almost we were making 100 products a year uh, at the peak <laughs> And would, so you guys would be the ones to take it to market and manage it after that as well? Yeah, completely. And was it profitable? Like super profitable? Oh, totally not. So like (laughs) just burning money left and right. I mean, we, so let's see, the company had in-house industrial design, marketing, branding, sales, operations, logistics. We had a customer in-house customer service team oh in God. Schenectady. We had a, the whole product team was mainly based in New York. And then we had another satellite office in San Francisco. And then the like 
China sourcing side was based in Hong Kong. So we had 50 people there and it was just like this behemoth that was just losing my left and right. Oh, God. Did it like sell off its products? Like what happened to it? Oh, uh, the company sold for $3 million at the end. Three? $3 million, yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. Um, so, and were you part of it the whole time until it sold? Uh, so I was there, let's see, I was there for three years. The company was six years old by the end. So I, I made it for the last half. So I was like employee number 100 at that time. It got up to 300. So it went from, in three years, it went from 100 people to 300 people to zero. So I was there till the very end, uh, just being like, I'm going to watch this thing go down. I like really wanted to get that experience. Yeah. And I thought it was, was going to happen quicker. It definitely, yeah. I was surprised that at, at at every turn they were able to we were able to raise more money and then we weren't but it was an amazing amazing experience and we got to make so many products products that didn't deserve to exist a lot of the time <laughs> I um, need to see this roster oh Great. i mean my first product was a wine cork that like could help a wine bottle stand up and like oh. my last product that i worked on was a Amazon connected infant automated infant formula machine. Oh like, my god! <laughs> so I think that's the scale. Of, that's how quickly these products really scaled from simple to insanely comp complicated. Yeah. Um, but so the team at Doris have all started there. Um, the other partners um, were actually in the Hong Kong office. So Justin, one one the, the other partners and the CEO of Dorsev was the GM of the Hong Kong office. Um, and the other partners were uh, in project management and, and electrical engineering at Dorostev in Hong Kong. So we got that experience of making a lot of products really quickly. Um, yeah. And at Quirky, we were making a lot of products extremely quickly because that was the culture there. You just had to make them fast. Mm -hmm. um, and that was like the big sales pitch. Um, and then once that quirky fell apart in like a blaze of glory and owed a lot of people a lot of money towards the end, um, we were all looking for jobs and we found jobs ran running the product teams at these single SKU D2C companies. So, so some of the partners went to a company called Raiden, which was a connected suitcase when that was a thing, when that was like all the hype. And I went and... and Led product at a company called Gobi, which was a direct consumer toothbrush company. Oh um, yeah, I know uh, which is still around. Yeah, wow. um, and at, after those products launched, we realized that these brands needed product people. They needed actually a number of product people. So they needed design engineers. They needed project managers. They needed quality engineers. Uh, sometimes electrical and firmware engineers, um, and then operations and logistics. They needed all these people. Uh, but you didn't need them full time. A after we launched these products, we went, okay, now we've got nothing to do. Like we launched these products, we you know have 10 hours of work a week, uh, but we don't have to do anything else. So we decided to pull the product teams together from these two companies, still service Gobi and, and, and Raiden, but start to bring on more companies uh, and help launch their products. And some of our first clients were Great Jones and Lalo Strollers. And they like great. With the, I love them. I love them all. I know the founders of some of them. So 
I think that's really cool. Um, I only know them because they're big and we're in the publishing world, but like, how did you guys connect with them? Were they just, was it like word of mouth and friends or did you like go out there and like really pitch people? No, I mean, we are low key under the radar people. And I think one thing that we've, you know, really had the opportunity to do is from the days at Quirky that people knew Quirky and they knew it was a product company. And then once it all disappeared, people reach out to Quirky people to help build their products. And that's kind of how we always got connected. That's really cool. So people just kind of have an idea, but they're like, I don't know the first thing it takes to maybe design this and then go to somewhere in China and have a manufacturer create it and do all that. So they come to you guys and you make it look really cool. Do you come up, do you like ideate like the names and stuff too of these companies? So we are in this like weird space that people generally don't know you need someone to do. Um, oftentimes they're, so when most people talk to us, they've, they have their branding down, right? Cause that's like most people, the first thing like you need to do when you start a product company is one, you talk to a uh, graphic design firm. So mm -hmm. it's Red Antler or it was Gin Lane or, you know, there's a number of great direct consumer branding firms. And then they brand the product and they go, okay, like what's next? I need to design the product. And generally most people will end up at an industrial design firm and industrial design sounds extremely technical. And mm -hmm. it makes sense that if you go to industrial designer, you would assume because industrial is in their name that they would understand how something is made. They would be working with factories. They'd be working with China, where, wherever the product's made. But industrial design actually is mainly cosmetic design. That's what most industrial designers focus on. They do user experience and cosmetic design. Yeah. And so, yeah, have you had that? In, have you experienced oh, that yeah. at all? That just makes sense now when you're saying that. So we've, we oftentimes talk to people who just spent a lot of money on industrial design, who are like, this, this is going to be the core part of the business. Uh, I'm working with an, an industrial designer. And then at the end of the industrial design phase, the firm says, okay, we got you to the point. We defined your product for you. Um, you know, it's going to be five SKUs. It's going to look, they're going to look like this. They're going to be beautiful. And we get to work with amazing, amazing design firms. Um, and then they say to the client, it's your responsibility to get this product made. And <laughs> for most in, you know, large um, consumer brands, that makes sense. Cause they're like, we have an in-house procurement team. We have an in-house sourcing team. We have in-house engineering. Um, but for these smaller brands, they go, hold on. We don't have a product team. We're two founders. Yeah. You know, generally one came from marketing and one came from finance mm -hmm. and they don't what's next. So that's where Doris Dev really comes in and says, you just spent a lot of time on design and branding. And we need to make sure that all of that time and all that effort actually gets seen by an end customer and doesn't get completely butchered by the engineering or the factory along the way. So we'll step in and help people engineer their product, find factories to, to make it, uh, build their quality requirements for them, and help them bring the product back from Asia and most likely where it's made and get it sent out to like a finished customer. It's this like, wow. it's that step from, I've got a product and I know exactly what it's gonna look like to actually, I don't have a product. I just have a, a really pretty picture of a product <laughs> that I need to find a way to sell. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Oh my gosh. So 
people like, are you managing like the raw materials aspect of it too, or they end up doing that in house? So the way doorstep is designed is we'll grow with you or you'll grow and take all of our work away from us. So we work as an extension of, of your team. So it's the equivalent of if you're starting a cookware brand and you need help finding a cookware factory, finalizing the engineering and the design of your product. Um, and you would normally hire that person in-house. So you would hire a mechanical engineer, you would hire an industrial designer, you would hire a sourcing manager to do that. You do all that, but you're said, okay, wait, no, I don't need to hire those people. They'll hire Doristad and we'll help you do that. And then at, at the end of the day, we can stay on and help manage your factory. Or you can say, actually, we just hired a, a head of operations. Like they're going to handle that. And she's going to do great. If she needs your help, she'll tap Doris Dev. But after that, yeah. like she's got it. And we sail off to the sunset, off to the next project. It's so brilliant because on one hand, you're just super focused and doing like one thing, but then at the same time, you do so many different things. And then it's also just so many different industries. So I'm, it like stays fun, but you're really doing the same thing over and over again, just in a different ways. That's really cool. Yeah. The actually the core team, the core team that came from Quirky and went to Raiden and Gobi and now is at Doris Dev was actually a connected hardware team. So we were doing like internet of things, like stuff connected to the internet and like lots of electro engineering and firmware. And then like our first products were like frying pans and strollers and things that were like had nothing to do with electronics and yeah. we just applied those techniques from quirky and from just our experience and making consumer goods to okay we we can make anything really we don't do medical devices don't talk to us about <laughs> medical devices <laughs> meet onda the regenerative hemp company that goes way beyond organic onda exists for healing the people empowering farmers and supporting the regeneration of the earth onda's nutrient-rich hemp and herbal products not only help you stay healthy and in balance but support regenerative organic and biodynamic farming practices and a new way of doing business that values the health of our social cultural and ecological systems Try Onda's whole hemp tinctures, capsules, and balms to elevate your flow, soothe your nerves, help you sleep, and alleviate soreness and inflammation. Onda is offering 15% off plus free shipping for the Fullest family. Use code THEFULLEST15 at checkout. And how long does it normally take from the time someone's hiring you? Obviously, it depends on their needs, but I mean, it takes so long to launch a product. It so, takes a very long time. <laughs> so what do you recommend? Like if someone's listening to this podcast and they're like, I need Doris Dev or I can't work with Doris Dev, but I still want, you know, to get some insight like into, you know, what does it look like in my deck? Like how long should I put towards this lag time? Really? It's so products range in, in yeah. complexity and stuff like that. So if we're just talking about let's say for, like we're making a, a new line, a, a new set of cookware, I would say anywhere from six to nine months from now until you're shipping to an end customer. Mm -hmm. And there is a lot of things you can do to make that go faster. You can be creative about what products you're going to make. So That's maybe really cool, That's it's cool. very, oh, it's still very, very fast. Yeah. But, um, and, but I, in 
the it, the startup time frame that yeah, is totally. really long that is yeah, people exactly. that is the business running out of money in that exactly. time it's like no we only have this much money and we can't operate we need to bring in yeah inventory to sell no i totally get it it's like so long but also so quick for a company to hire you and for you guys to basically have it when you say shipped out to the end user, you're saying basically it's at their 3PL and it's already on its way. Like that's crazy. Yeah. And and in some, I mean, one way you make up time is by shipping stuff via air and not shipping stuff on a boat, which means like you're, yeah. ship, you're it's really expensive. <laughs> like yeah, you are totally. just earning money when you do that. Um, but I mean, for a business that's trying to launch their first inventory, that maybe beating a competitor to market or having a month more like data before they're sh uh, showing to investors. So things like that, which is unwise from a, you know, overall cash flow yeah. perspective possibly, but yeah. it is a, it's a lifesaver. I know. So what is the most complicated project you've worked on? I, I would have from a mechanical standpoint, Gobi toothbrush is a very complicated, surprisingly complicated product the items there's a lot of stuff going on inside that it's mm. it's a has a rechargeable battery it has wireless charging it has a motor in it it has a mini gearbox in it people oh hold it close to their face it's actually a medical device as well it's a class one medical device wow. um and people use it right before bed and right when they're waking up so they don't like when it's allowed those are very yeah. difficult things to deal with. And th and like that product was very fast, but that was nine months actually. Would um, you say like Blue Land would be the most simple or did you guys like formulate it? So we don't, we don't do consumables. So we do durable products. Um, so we've done work with Blue Land and by Humankind and like Magic Spoon. But for those products, we do their containers and uh, but we don't do their consumables. So we don't do their tablets and we don't do uh, their deodorant, for instance, but we'll do all their packaging. Um, and I would say containers are one of the harder products to actually work on weirdly because mm -hmm. the vast majority of time we get products that we get designs from clients or from design firms that say like, I love this design and I want to hold twice as much fluid inside, but I want it to stay the same size. <laughs> and it's like, well, that just defies the laws of physics. We can't yeah. do that. Like that's really, it's not, we can't do that magic. So it's a lot of fine tuning that type of work. And it's really hard because you're, you are fighting this battle of trying to fit more stuff in less space. It's a very hard thing to do for containers, especially. So is the Doris dev team, what did you guys have an office in new york are you all remote now how does that work do you feel like you need to be together in person so we doris dev was founded with a, a team in new york and the team in hong kong um so half of our team is in hong kong taiwan and china so they're uh the head office of for asia is hong kong but we have people on the ground in Taiwan and on the ground in mainland China. Uh, and then we have a team in New York, uh, who's in Brooklyn right now, um, in a workshop prototyping, doing all the things you norm we, we normally do. I think 
COVID has been very weird for, for the process. Um, I think one thing that we do that's hard for us is that we can't, it's harder to meet face-to-face with clients that it, I think it is really important for us to do our best to uh, get face-to-face with clients. And cause you're talking about a physical product. You're not talking about a website. You're not talking about an image. You're talking about like, how does this product feel? Uh, yeah. or how big this product is. And it's really important to get in person with someone. Uh, so we do our best to do it. Um, but right now, what we've been doing is passing prototypes back and forth. We're sending a lot of prototypes to clients. So what inspired you guys to do your own product in-house? And yeah. Like, so, how did you even come up with it? I'm super curious. Yeah. So let, let it's been a month. So Doris have launched our first own brand a month ago uh, called Canopy. Which is a pre, which is a reinvented humidifier. It's something that I am weirdly passionate about. Just that space. I, um, I'm from LA. I moved to New York and realized that you need a humidifier for some reason. This was like a new world yeah. for me. I had no idea like you needed these things. Um, I sleep with one every night. Like now, once you get on that train, it's pretty hard habit to kick because then you're like, I'm. So so dry. I need this. Yeah. And yeah. I did, I did not realize this. I, I, I mean, I stumbled upon hum- humidifiers. This was, Oh, I don't know how this was probably like eight years ago when I like came up with the idea of like, Oh, humidifiers suck just in general. Yeah. Um, and kind of threw it in the back of my mind and never really thought about it again until I started dating this girl who is still my girlfriend six years later. Uh, who used her humidifier every night and cleaned it out every Sunday. And I was like, this wow. is insane that like you actually clean a product this much <laughs> by hand. She like used a Q-tip and vinegar and cleaned it out. Um, and she used it year round, which I'd never seen before. I knew people um, used it seasonally and that's what I used it for, but never used it year round. So what we did was we said, okay, this is a class of user that no one's ever thought about. People design hum- humidifiers for babies and sick and sick people, mm-hmm. um, and they're giant and they're ugly. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so we had the idea of how do we take this product and make it something that people are ha- that want to use that they want to use that they want on their nightstand. Um, and so we shrunk it down. We're using a different technology than most humidifiers. We're not using the type of humidifiers that spray mist out, which is actually an ultrasonic humidifier, uh, because those require distilled water. um, And they're very difficult to clean. um, And they actually spray out a lot of harmful things in into the air if you're not using distilled water. Yeah, Yeah, because there's like, I mean, a bunch of crap in our water. (laughs) Yeah. So we thought your humidifier shouldn't require bottled water. So um ours is evaporative so everything that's inside your water um stays actually stuck to this filter um that's inside the unit um every every six eight weeks your your filter has to get changed out because you see it just gets gunked up full of the solids that are in your water so it'll turn brown with iron there's going to be calcium and lime deposits on it just because that's what's in your normal water and it's totally your normal water is fine for drinking it's not good for inhaling. So Mm -hmm. that's why um, ours has a filter, it's consumable. um, And then at, you know, every time you change out your filter, if 
you know, you've started to see some gunk build up and things like that. What you can do is you can just take all the parts that touch water and throw it in the dishwasher. Um, oh. And that's unique because normally you have to take a Q-tip and vinegar and brush out all the nooks and, and crannies in your humidifier. So we tried to think of all of that and we made it smaller and not look like an elephant or a water droplet that's sitting on your yeah. nightstand. I know what elephant one you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, it's great for, it's hilarious for a baby. I mean, also maybe not in like the, a contemporary nursery. It may not like. Exactly. No, it but. doesn't have a place. Mine's under the sink. I like hate it. Um, I mean, I have like a Dyson one and stuff, but I thought yours was really interesting because it's small. It's convenient. You can like travel with it. I mean, it's just easy. Like, um, so yeah, it's super creative, but I, I thought it was really cool when I found out about Doris, I found out about you through Canopy and then we found about Doris Dev and we were just like, our minds were blown because every single day we like complain about all the work that goes into just like every little detail that you have to think about when you launch a product line and, um, staying up in the middle of the night to talk to China is like, (laughs) I have a two year old. So I'm like, I just don't sleep. I'm constantly just like, I'm just nocturnal at this point, but I, or I just don't sleep at all. But yeah, I, I just thought it was super cool. And I think it's just not only is it super cool, it's just offering so many more people the opportunity to bring a product to market. Because I think there's so many people that have great ideas, but then they just, just get stuck at launching it. And obviously, resources are a big part of that. But oftentimes, people might be able to get the resources, but they just don't have the experience or, um, you know, you just don't know how to take the next step. And it can be paralyzing. So knowing that there's a company out there that can help assist you or just kind of, you know, in whatever aspect that you need is super, super cool. And I knew right away we needed to chat. (laughs) It's awesome. Yeah, would love to help. I mean, one thing that we learned is that you have to be the right size for your partners, for your your factory partners and stuff like that. So if you want to work with a company that makes stuff for Apple, like it sounds like an amazing idea because Apple makes amazing products and their factories make amazing products. It does not make sense when you're not making as much product as Apple is making. (laughs) (laughs) So it's all about working with a client and pairing them with factories that are like actually the right size and want to be a good partner. Because even at Quirky, where we were making 100 products a year, we were doing, you know, production runs of tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of products. We were working with some of the Apple suppliers, and they were killing us. Yeah, exactly. That size, we weren't the right fit. And then they don't really care about you then, because you're just like their really small client that's a nuisance. And then you might need an order at a certain time and then the other company that's ordering way more than you needs it before you and then it's like chinese new year in february and you're just like (laughs) out of luck yeah exactly everyone who's thinking about making a product at this moment get ready chinese new year is happening i know your shit in order it's gonna be like this year will be crazy um so it's hard it's really hard and it's amazing working with clients and partners who like want to build who have this vision for a product and don't know how to get there and so much fun coming in and doing weird things i mean that's what doris dev is really good at if 
we're not the per- we're not the partner who wants to like go help you find something that is already made in China and sell it on Amazon and do that. Like that's yeah. people are good at that. We are not good at that. That is not yeah. our skill set. We are here if you want to like design something from scratch, you want to make it beautiful, you want to design something that like has not existed before, generally for a good reason, but yeah. we're going to design around that. And so we get a ton, we have a team um, who loves doing that. Who's, I don't know why they're like, they don't sleep enough and they've been, they're like, it's like Stockholm syndrome effectively. Yeah. Um, but we love doing stuff like that. It's so much fun. Well, someone needs to love it. And I'm really <laughs> glad that it works out for you guys. But yeah, I, I think it'd be fun to collaborate on some stuff too, once we're in that place to um, expand. But I just, I love what you guys are doing. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and, and share with people. And I, I think it, you know, it's an interesting time. It's really exciting. People have um, websites that they can just market their product directly to their end user. What is it? Um, why am I blanking on it? Um, Shopify made that happen, right? Oh, so yeah. With Shopify, I mean, it's just like a no brainer. It's just democratizing the space. And I think that's really cool. And um, it's cool that you guys are part of that. So Thanks so much, Lucas. Have yeah, thank you for having me. Time in Austin. I know you just moved there, and um, we'll just have to come visit you at some Absolutely. point. Absolutely. Yeah. Come on down. <laughs> <laughs>